Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. Our unique team helps small businesses grow by providing essential marketing expertise. My name is Bill Parmentier of W. Parmentier Photography. I'm Justin Kerr of Justin Kerr Design. I'm Alicia Piazza with Custom Marketing Solutions. And together we make up the Marketing, Marketing Essentials, Essentials team. team. So today we are speaking with Ashley Davies Sargi of AbleX Consulting. And we're going to be talking to her about who is your customer really. So, Ashley, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business, uh, maybe a little bit about a background about how you got into this field, and maybe explain a little bit about exactly, you know, what is customer experience and how does that relate to marketing? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, first yeah. of all. <laughs> Happy to be part of this podcast. I know you guys do some really great work. Uh, Ashley Davies-Sargi, AbleX Consultants, and uh, my business is primarily focused on helping other small businesses to understand who their customer is, what their customer wants, and um, how to provide an excellent experience for their customers to be able to retain them as loyal clients and fans, customers' fans, for forever. So uh, I, I guess to answer your question about background, I um, most of my career has been at Fidelity Investments and uh, worked diligently on the strategy of the branch network for customer experience and um, both the, the building of the strategy and also the implementation. And Fidelity is known for its customer experience. And it has a really, really big focus on that from a technology perspective, from a um, you know, staffing perspective, putting a lot of resources toward providing the best customer experience. And so um, I really enjoyed that work and uh, became a certified customer experience professional through the Customer Experience Professionals Association um, as a result of my work at Fidelity. And, um, and uh, I left Fidelity and thought, you know what, I really enjoy working, I really enjoy this work, but I would like it so much more if I could help small businesses mm. do do this kind of work and really focus on their customer and try to understand who their customer is. So kind of taking the same like, corporate, big, big corporation principles and boiling them down to be relevant for smaller businesses. Nice. And so far, I've worked with small businesses. Um, but I'd also like to expand into nonprofits as well, because I think that I have a lot to offer. Um, you know, non nonprofit um, board staff, volunteers. I think there's a lot that that could be learned in that space um, about customer experience as well. So, so walk us through uh, when you first meet with a client and you're, you're trying to ex- explain to them what you do. What's the process that you would actually take a, a potential client through? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. When I first started, I thought, um, you know, what I would do is sit down and do some data analysis and figure out who their customer is and, you know, to take this very, um, you know, rigid kind of process 
but really what I've learned from my clients in the last couple months that I've you know taken on several at a time, a customer can be more than just an end customer, you know, the one that purchases your products or services. A customer is also your employees. A customer can also be uh, any vendors that you use, you know, so you have to buy, as a small business owner, you have to buy products and services from, uh, from other businesses. So really there's like multiple components there. And when I sit down with a client, um, they already have an idea of, of where they think that their trouble spots are. You know, I've worked recently with a, a bridal shop and, um, she nailed the, she's the, the business owner nailed the customer experience. I mean, really, she thought of everything in regard to the end customer, the, the brides that are mm-hmm. coming in to purchase the product. Um, but where she really struggled was with her employee engagement. She felt that her employees didn't love and, and weren't invested in the business the way that she was, and she really wanted them to have that um, that connection with the business. So what I did with her is, is I helped her build an employee engagement program. So that's part of customer experience. Your employees mm. are also your customers. So what, uh, like, what are some of the things that you did that helped her have more engaged employees? When when we sat down, I said, okay, so tell me how I can help you. And the, and what I heard from her, just it get, you know, I kind of make the conversation organic. Where do you? What do you think your problems are? And the conversation might have first started about her end customer. You know, the brides, like, you know getting them to come back and getting them to purchase and getting them to, you know, walk-ins, make appointments or something like that. But really what it, what ended up being the truth, the more she talked about it, was just this fact that her she didn't feel her employees were invested mm-hmm. in her business. So we kind of, it, we, it wasn't what we started talking about initially, but it was where we arrived as a result of just the conversation. So that's a really big, important, very important part of the process is just discovering what the problem really is. You know? sure. And I think a lot of business owners feel that there's something that they could, more they could do, um, but sometimes have a hard time figuring out exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a big step in the process. You know, when you take the time to sit down and talk to the client, and like you said, they may have a sense mm. of something's wrong, but they're not sure. But in the course of working with them and talking with them, this stuff is borne out, yeah, you know, sure. and you're able yeah. to, and really it's just taking the time a lot, most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and the business owners, they're so focused on, you know, working in their business that it's hard sometimes for them to pull back mm. and see a bigger picture. Absolutely. Yeah. They're especially caught up in that end customer. Yeah. That you're talking about. The right. Money. Yeah. Like money. where yeah. the source of revenue, and you can't blame them for that, yeah. but no, sometimes no. there are factors that are getting in the way of that relationship and that best experience for the end customer, and you just have to discover what those things are. But a customer means anyone who has a vested interest in the success- successfulness of the business. So I guess my question is, when you sit down with a new business or a client of yours, do they often, is it kind of like when you start talking about the employees and the vendors, is it kind of like a aha moment for them? Like, wow, I never thought about it like that. Absolutely. Because yeah. like you said, they're yeah. always looking at the end right. customer. Wait a second. I'm, yeah. Could it be that my relationship with my employees or with my vendors is actually getting in the way sure. of me making more money? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do get really passionate about that. And, and um, I kind of thrive on getting them to that realization, too. You know, that's fun for me. That's like, you know, detective work. I like that a lot. 
I think we've been able to determine a little bit, okay, what is a customer? And it's not what you would think uh, right away, that it does include everybody who has a vested interest in the organization. Is there anyone else, I mean, the end customer is one, employees are can be considered customers, or is there anybody else that fits into that uh, area? Yeah. Uh, so the vendors, that that piece. Okay. Um, I've worked with a I worked with a client um, of mine recently that uh, was more of a B two B type business. You know, they the services they provide they provide a service um, to other businesses. So. You know, when I when when I start working with anybody, like I said, like we talked about it already, um, the uh, the end customer is what they have in mind. So this this business was no different. When they came to me, they said, uh, "We're not getting enough sales. We're not selling enough of our services to other businesses." And so, in order to make ends meet, where they kind of taken the owner had kind of taken his head was, I I want um, I want big ticket, you know, big retainer clients. You know, I think everyone kind of is seduced by that, right? Mm -hmm. Because it would make life a whole lot easier to have just a handful of big ticket retainers than than you do dealing with a smaller client. But where this particular business thrived was in, was with the small, smaller business. Over time, he had, he had taken his, his service that that had been um, historically, you know, best suited to small businesses, tried Mm -hmm. to like add on some bells and whistles to make it attractive to a larger business that would, um, you know, with that big ticket retainer. But the product didn't, um, didn't, he couldn't really support it. The, mm. His business couldn't really support that level of product. Um, and so, you know, as we, what I did in that, in that instance of sitting down with a business owner, I sat down with his team in kind of a workshop fashion because I, that, a lot of times that makes sense to kind of get everybody on board. And honestly, that's something that I do normally is try to get the input of everybody on the team as to what the problem is. I work with the business owner first and then bring the rest of the team in um, to try to think through what we've already discovered. Um, because they're customers too, Absolutely, right. Yeah. right. And, and honestly, anything that we come up with, it, it can't be fully executed without the help of the whole team. Mm-hmm. So there's always that that component, sure. you know. Um, I know from experience at a corporation, you know, where they build the strategy at a high level and then they try to push it down on employees, mm-hmm. that very rarely takes off. It very rarely works because... You don't have the buy-in, uh, right? right? you don't have the buy-in, mm-hmm. exactly. So that employee piece is, is, I think, regardless of what the business owner and I determine are the, you know, is the biggest problem. That's always got to be part of the execution of our work mm-hmm. um, is considering the employees and yeah, how they if, fit in. Because if they're not bought in, you, you're almost doomed to fail because they're the, right. the front lines. They're the right. ones selling to your customers. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. right. right. So yeah. you you decided to do a, a workshop. Yeah, I did, with... a, did a workshop with the, the business owner and, and the team. We talked through the, all the products and we talked through the, the kind of thought process of the sales associates um, when selling the products. What we discovered was just that the what I already mentioned is just that that big product, the, the one that they were, was initially built for a small business um, and then added bills and whistles to try to make it more attractive to a bigger business, it really wasn't working. I mean, it wasn't really attractive to that big business the way that they thought it would be. You know, and looking at their, we looked at their pipeline, we looked at 
the uh, the leads that that they had acquired. They they purchased some leads to try to call out on that. Th- those leads had not converted. None of them, you know, kind of looked at all of the data that they had available about their products and about their sales, and it just it just wasn't working. Now, did they did they negatively affect their small business customers? Because sometimes I've I've seen businesses that'll do that when they're trying to go after the big guy. Mm-hmm. They forget what got them where they are yeah. and kind of alienate the yeah. original client. Yeah, I think that 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 is also true. Yeah. They weren't getting big clients, but they weren't getting small clients anymore. Either. Either. Yeah, because they changed everything. <laughs> just kind of stalled their business. The change in focus mm-hmm. kind of stalled the business overall, which is um, is really too bad. We kind of took a step back and regrouped, and I had to ask the question, you know, why did you change your focus? Yeah. You know, and we had to, the business owner and I had to have a heart-to-heart about that, about what, about why. And then think about how their sm- that small business product, if we brought it back to basics, maybe focus the leads uh, instead of you know these this company, this brand new segment of customer, this brand new persona, which is a larger business. Instead, if we narrowed it down and said, okay, this is the this is the persona of your existing client, and what is it that they want based on the data, like what has been successful with them in the past, and what if instead of trying to get these leads that they had purchased, you know, one strategy, what um, one tactic that that we came up with was, let's go and get some leads based on the persona of the clients that have already worked because there are plenty of them, mm-hmm. sure, um, you know, plenty of that type of. Of, of lead because we narrowed it down so much more. I don't know if you've ever talked about like buying leads, acquiring leads here on this program. We haven't really, no. Um, I So I will kind of give my opinion on it. Yeah. It's not always the best way. So, <laughs> and I, I would tend to agree with you, yeah. um, especially if you're casting a really wide net. Yeah. yeah. But there are definitely services out there that mm-hmm. will help if you give the, if you give them all the details. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more expensive, of oh, course. Wow. Each lead is more expensive, but um, if if you really filter, narrow down, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and get really granular. You can get some really good quality leads back, mm-hmm. um, and there are so, there are some services that will do that, um, get to that level. I think so. it's like maybe less of like the actual. Mm, well, the quality of the lead is important, but I think more importantly is like the marketing and the sales strategy you're putting behind the lead. Because yes. if your plan is to just call them every single day, it's <laughs> right. not a very good plan. I tr- agreed, and that's yeah. what a lot of companies do. A- absolutely, sort of the stalker method. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, like yeah, ex girlfriend. So But but I would say the um, the strategy of really trying to understand the persona of the right customer. Oh yeah, we talked about that a little bit on our last podcast because any type of marketing you need to know your personas, and Mm -hmm. a lot of businesses don't do that. Yeah, they don't even know who their target client is. Right. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I can tell you all kinds of stories about that. Well, I was going to say this is exactly (laughs) podcast part two. (laughs) We're doing with this particular client was helping them realize that no your client is really this these smaller businesses yeah. i mean as attractive as the larger ones looked you know fewer clients bigger profit margins you know mm-hmm. uh, you're built to service these smaller businesses mm-hmm. and sort of readjusting their sites and probably having to you know substantiate a lot of what you're saying with some some facts and figures now so how do you 
I mean, how do you go about convincing them that, no, 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 you really, this is your audience, not this over here, but this? Because I imagine a lot of business owners, they want to talk about hard numbers. They want to say, well, you Mm -hmm. prove to me that that what you're saying is true. I mean, how do you bear that out? Mm. Yeah, so it's really about taking whatever existing data that they have and determining what has been successful so far. And sometimes it's not not always the right approach to move forward, you know, just because it's been successful in the past doesn't mean it's going to be successful in the future. Right. Sure. <laughs> now, that, that absolutely makes sense is, you know, it, you can't always count on the past as an indicator. Right. I mean, it's a good it's a good thing to look at. But, mm. but. So is this something that happens a lot where the, the business thinks that this is their target market and you have to come in and kind of redirect mm. them and do you get pushback on that? Absolutely. I can tell you another story. You're like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, business owners just don't take your advice and just be, yeah. We love stories. No, so I, I worked sure. with a company that, um, that, and this is really funny, the, the guy that I was talking to, um, the business owner, he said he swore that every single one of his clients was, you know, between 35 and 60 and they were female. Mm-hmm. Like up and down, swore up and down that that was the case. And I said, well, how do you know? Just tell me how you know. I don't know. I it's, just know. You know, based on, <laughs> I just know. Based on the calls that we get and, you okay. know, he's kind of rattling off like some, um, some you know, some off the top of his head kind of data. Mm-hmm. Uh, anecdotal, right. that's what the word I was yeah. yeah. Anecdotal kind of data. Um, I said, okay, well, how about let's go back and let's take a look at your numbers. Um, and so we just looked at his web traffic. Like, that's all we mm-hmm. had to do. And sure enough, the, it was, was, it was it 40-year-old off? men. Wow. That's a little, a little different, off. yeah. You know, but say. to be completely opposite was very eye-opening, you know? Sure. And how so, did he take to that once you showed him the data? Oh, he was thrilled to know. Okay. You know, Great. Um, and I mean, the data you can't. The data doesn't lie, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. and and there's a lot of data out there. I worked with um, to get to, like you can get actually a lot of data from your credit card uh, company. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, about your, the demographics of your customers. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know actually, that. I I remember a restaurant client. I, I guess the credit card company had done some kind of like points program with him or something, but he was privy to information and he thought that his customer base was like 15 miles. He's like, no, my top spenders are within like five miles of my location. And yeah. that was an eye opener for him absolutely, because the data was there. But again, yeah. he had, you know, consistently thought this one thing and had told himself that and was spending marketing dollars on like TV ads that were broadcasting miles and miles away. And that's kind of wasted money. That's absolutely. it. Now I know Big Brother is watching. Yeah. No, no, there's, there's really a lot of information um, when you think about end end customer, and of course that applies. I mean, it's, that applies when it's B two C business. You know, you're the ones who buy your your products and services. Um, you can find a lot of information if they use credit cards. It's a fantastic way to find information about them, and it's very easy to do mm-hmm. that. Um, it's a little bit more difficult when you're a B two C business. Um, I think, um, you know, but you you really have to dig into to the company persona. And the, now, do you, you know, find often that that most of your clients don't do that digging? That oh deep? yeah, no, it takes too much time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. They got a lot to do. They're dealing yeah. with a bunch of other things. They probably have these preconceived notions, you right. know, and especially if they've been in a business for a long time, yeah. they probably have failed to evolve with like who their current customer is. Well, it's either that, yeah, like you said, they may have had one specific type of customer at one time, and 
just assumed that that was going to be the way it was all the, all the way across the board. Mm-hmm. And then over time, that evolves. Next thing you know, it like you said, you're, you're a 40 year old man instead right. of. Uh, yeah. Now, now, you had said when you were talking about this sort of original story of working with this client, and they thought. They, their personas were larger mm-hmm. companies, and they really were. They were kind of targeting it for mm-hmm. a specific reason. Right. It was you know, easier. And you said in the process, you helped, You looked at their product line. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm assuming that that's part of the process when you sit down with any client. In, this, in their case, they were aiming at the wrong audience. But have there been cases where you've had to tell your client, you're, based on your personas, you're really selling the wrong product? Or the wrong service. I d- definitely. Uh, so I mean, I, I don't want to tell a story, another story about this about the bridal shop, but that was another thing that we kind of uncovered. That's what. Bridal yeah, shops are great. I'm trying to think of a different example. Oh, okay. <laughs> tell, us about, tell us about the bridal shop, yeah, though. So what, what it was that you had to get them to adjust in regards to their their products? I'm gonna to try to talk about it a little bit more generally because I really don't. I don't want anybody to know exactly who this client sure. is. Sure. So, um, okay. And Justin, your question was: um, they're targeting the wrong client. Are there times that they have the wrong service or product? Product yeah. or service. And if you don't have an example, no, that's I, okay. We can go on to another question. Well, I would... It sounds like uh, that original uh, where you were talking about the big clients versus the small businesses. Mm-hmm. That's somewhat of what, we, what you were just asking the question on was the fact that even in the in the case of going after that big client, kind of alienated the small client too. So they had to go back to the what originally made them what they were, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that that's true. You know, it's it's really just about knowing knowing what your customer actually wants. You know, if they're satisfied with what you are offering or if it's time to think about a new product or service. Uh, how you, to your earlier point, um, you know, how you evolve, if you've been in business for a while, how you evolve your products and services to meet your customers' needs and demands of the current day. You know, that could that can involve, you know, offering more technology, you know, what, you know, example that came up before, Blockbuster versus Netflix. Absolutely. Blockbuster Block did not evolve, right? Exactly. And uh, Netflix evolved. They yeah. changed. They had a service and they changed it up based off of what their customers wanted. It was a big one with technology, though, because technology changed. Mm-hmm. And Justin was talking about Kodak Kodak earlier. Mm-hmm. Kodak did the same thing. Yeah, they, were yeah they, they mistakenly thought they were in the film business yeah. and they, film didn't, out. they didn't adapt you know, to the digital age. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I guess you could say, hey, a 110-year run's not bad for a company. No, true. But true. they could have lasted well beyond what they did. Because yeah, they, they had the first digital camera in their hands. Yes, they did, and they mm-hmm. sat on it. They <laughs> so, sat on, no, they well, literally I, sat on it because they were protecting their film yeah. sales. Oh. Because oh. they yeah. didn't want That's the where they f- thought their business was. Yeah. Well, the same thing. That's you, interesting. The interesting thing is... Uh, to go on to that same topic is there's a lot of companies that have made that mistake. Look at VHS versus Beta, Betamax. Remember the old Sony, Be- Sony yeah. Betamax? Oh, what? <laughs> Sorry, you're, we're, we're showing our age over here, but... Google uh, it. When, when, <laughs> v- when video cassette recorders first came out, mm-hmm. prior to that, there was a better quality product. Yeah, Sony had developed 
Sony the Betamax. Betamax technology. It's a smaller tape. It was a much higher quality tape. But more expensive. But more expensive and proprietary. Okay. Sony didn't want to give out the rights to make the machines that played these mm-hmm. to anybody but themselves. Okay. So this other company came along. I don't remember what the other company that made the VHS mm-hmm. tapes was. Yeah. But they made the machines so that any company could go out and make the machines and right. then just pay a licensing fee to and do that. And it was that. a lower quality format, but it was widely available and uh, cheaper to produce. So VHS one, and that's why you've probably never heard of Betamax. Yeah, it, okay. It was only around yeah. for what a year, if that. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a sh- very short war, and then VHS one. Yeah. I mean, it's the same with um, uh, MP3s, mm-hmm. right? When MP3s were first developed, uh, they took analog audio, which takes up an enormous amount of space yeah. uh, as a file, okay. and they condensed it down so it could be a small file, so you could get a bunch of these MP3s on your MP3 player, right? Mm-hmm. But they had to sacrifice a little bit of quality. And audiophiles, people that are really into audio will tell you that MP3s are garbage. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Still went out. They were widely adopted, inexpensive to produce, and most people who just want to listen to music don't care that you know the high end and the low end are missing. They just want to hear their music. Yeah. Um. So MP3 beat out you know uh, analog, which is you know if you if you buy an LP, that's analog. Yeah. You know. So the overall point here is that you know if you're not listening to what your customers want and you're assuming, that's a good way to go out of business, I guess. <laughs> So, Ashley, yeah. how how do I find out what my customers want or my clients? Like, how do you get to the bottom of that? How do you, to bring it back to, you know, the stories you're telling of helping these businesses, how do you figure that out and, mm. and transition them? So, um, I'm reminded of a quote, and I'm not going to do it justice. I'm not going to get it exactly right, but... Um, but I feel like maybe I should get it exactly right. Say it now, and then yeah, if we, if you want to like post it after the podcast, we yeah. like when we do the podcast, we always share resources after. So if you okay. find the exact person, we'll put yeah. it in the show notes. Okay, good. I'm the same way. I mess yeah. up quotes and cliches like like it's my job. Kill one bird with two stones. You know, kill me in a second. <laughs> kill one bird with two loaves of bread. Well, I don't I, know what that's all about. It's your your customer's um, mi- uh, minimum expectation of their interaction with you mm-hmm. is based on their their best experience anywhere else. So Ooh. you're really you're really competing. You're not just competing with others in your own industry. Mm-hmm. You're really competing with the best experience that They've the client had. has. Your customer has had anywhere. Wow. So um, wow. that ups the game a little bit, right? Ups right. The bar. But I mean, I think Bars about how here. true that is, though. You know, um, if they've got, if you're. Um, I mean, it, 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 really, any business, if they've had a great experience with technology, they assume that that is what everyone should provide. That's you know? the standard. That's their standard now it's in their standard, mind, yeah. you know? Um, wow, that's like a of, mind-blowing concept. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The competitiveness of being a top-level business. Now. Yeah. So you're not just up against actual data. You're up against expectations. Yeah, absolutely. I think absolutely. that's worse than the data sometimes. Well, but I think you kind of have to think about... What I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a student. I I do all kinds of research. I mean, I love I love researching um, and you know listening to TED talks and mm. you know things like that about customer experience. And I've got a ton of resources from the the um, prof- the Customer Experience Professionals Association. Um, lots of connections there. That 
you know, you, I think um, as a business owner, it's really important to stay current on what um, what customers want. And you can focus on the things that are within your own industry to start with, I think, and what is a, what is a great experience to look like in your industry um, by being an, a customer yourself, you know. Um, but you're, you're, you're a customer of your business is very rarely actually you. Um, you know, you very rarely actually fit the mold of your ideal customer. That's a great point. A lot of business owners don't understand that. They make decisions based on their own likes, dislikes, feelings, intuitions and it's rarely that's the case exactly. you know yeah but understanding the emotional connection given the 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 quote earlier you know that that your customer has with in, for with um, experiences outside of the one they have with you mm-hmm. you know we all have that we all have this like this emotional component that I think we have we end up having with businesses you know it could be just ease of use it could you know could be the, the people that work at this business you know maybe you go to the same coffee shop every single day because you like that the barista knows your name and knows what you drink you know that's a great part of it uh, that when I'm, when I'm when I think about customer experience it's not necessarily necessarily always that end purchase point. Mm. It may what be what leads up to that purchase. Yeah, exactly. If I go into a store, how well am I am I taking care of when I walk in there? Are they acknowledging that I'm there? Right. Do they want to know more about me? Do they, that that's stuff that all comes in before that money's even pl- yeah. plumped down. So it's important to think about I think as a business owner think about why like just using that example again of the coffee shop with the barista that knows the, the yeah, customer's name. Point. Why? Why is that person good at their job? Like, what is it because? Is it because of them as an individual? Is it because of a culture mm-hmm. within the business? You know, what what's the reason? And I think you you have to obs- have observations when you're sure. out and about and how things make you feel. And I think it helps you understand and empathize a little bit more with your own customer um, when you've got kind of that at the front of your mind. Yeah, and going back to what you're talking about, the employee end of it. I worked for a company many, many years ago. It's got to be 20-some-odd years ago now that they, um, they were a big chain company, but they their roots started out as a family style setup. Mm. So all of their employees were treated like family. Well, what was the end on that? Was their employees went out and busted their butts to make sure the sales were there, and made sure, and yeah. that and that's that customer. You, I think you were talking about a minute ago is your employee being a customer. When you treat your employees right, yeah. they're going to treat your customers even that much better. Yeah, you're you're right on with that. Um, and it's not about money with employees when it mm-hmm. comes to, to employees. It's you know uh, I, I mentioned the the client that I had earlier where we developed an employee engagement program. Mm-hmm. You know, she had tried to give her employees more money, more flexibility, more vacation time, and they just weren't buying in. And what we discovered is just that they didn't, the money stuff, I mean, while it's important to everybody, right? Everybody works for money. Like, mm-hmm. that's what we do. That's why sure. we have jobs. Got to pay the bills. But, so. Right. We got to pay the bills. But um, but they needed to feel connected mm-hmm. to the what the business was all about, you know, and... and um, you know, we just had to in, really start to develop a culture of customer experience. I think they already had the customer experience piece. They already had the right ideas. It's a, but it's more about 
what is it, what cultural, what is the cultural aspect that needs to be there to make the employees feel like they're part of that, yeah, you know? Part. And it's not just a checklist. It's not just something that you can roll out to the employees and make them do it. It actually has to be generated by them. They have to be involved. Yeah, because employees can tell when it's something fake, when it's something to just do. And it, and it makes their job easier mm-hmm. because they're because it doesn't it stops feeling like work. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's not just going through the motions. It's actually making a difference because everyone wants to make a difference. Absolutely. You know, they want to feel like their work matters over you know their their lifetime. Like they've sure. done something significant. So it's really that's that's how we how we work that through. Thank you for sharing those stories with us and helping us understand who the customer really is because it's not always you know who we think it is and there's a lot of different personas if you will in uh, in defining that customer so really appreciate you sitting with us today yeah. thank you so much for coming <laughs> absolutely i'm happy any to be here closing takeaways or any of our listeners should kind of uh i guess grab onto what are your takeaway points for for knowing who your customer really is so i think first of all your customer is not just your end customer mm-hmm. um, that buys your products and services. Your customer is going to be obviously that. That's a traditional customer. It's also going to be your employees, like we talked about. It's also going to be your um, the the other businesses that you do business with, so mm-hmm. that you purchase from. So vendors, you want to make sure you maintain positive relationships. And your your we didn't even talk about that part, but um, another you know, podcast. Developing right? <laughs> positive relationships with the with the vendors that you do business with, and then the uh, the other businesses um, potentially that need your services. So um, there are lots of uh, lots of ways to define what a customer is, and it's not and, it, and definitely what, what we said earlier is it's not uh, your customer very rarely looks like you. You have to make sure you keep that in mind, but you need to be a student of kind of the world of customer experience in general. I think that that's a that's a really important piece as a business owner how you um, how you look at the world and you kind of have to put that lens on of of a customer experience and um, so that you understand that your customers minimum expectation of you is based on their best expectation their best experience anywhere that's the part of the day the, the, this whole thing I want to take away it's, yeah. it's a good good thing to think yeah. about I never mm-hmm. that thought. so Having said all that, thank you again for coming. And um, if somebody wants to reach out to you and use your services, what's the best way they can get in contact with you? Um, probably the best way would be email. Yeah, Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, at ablexconsultants.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a website, ablexconsultants.com. And I'm uh, happy to just have conversations with folks about um, what they think their issues might be, and we can try to get to the bottom of things. I am also interested in working with nonprofits, so that's another thing I'd like for folks to keep in mind. At, um, Is there know. any particular nonprofit you would like to be able to connect Maybe with? Maybe a dream, dream nonprofit. Maybe somebody will yeah. hear it. You want, you want me to name one? Yeah, why not? No. Come on. Name one. Don't get me wrong. I want to be successful as a small business. Sure. That That's um, definitely why I do this, but... No, that's not why I do this. The reason why I really do this is because I feel like I have something that I can um, that I can offer, and I'm not gonna charge a ton of money. Like I, I feel like this is a service, something that I can give back, mm. and um, and 
that's what makes me really passionate about the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm blessed in that um, I have um, I have the ability to um, to work with lots of businesses regardless of their means nice. you know and I want I want to get out there as much as I can and, and provide that service that I can so I think I could help uh, nonprofits I, I didn't even mention this before but I, I was the director of a nonprofit um, for several years that focused on historic preservation and promotion of a downtown it was a Main Street program nice. it would be cool to work with a Main Street program uh, you know a, a Nonprofit that's interested in historic preservation and um, and promotion, um, just because I have that experience already, I know that there are several of them in the state, so that would be really cool. Nice, nice. So, All right. Well, and you're going to come back and talk with us again soon. Sure, I will. Awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't scared you away. Good. No, no, you didn't scare me away. Good. I, I feel like there's just so much to say. There really is a lot that I could say. So, um, so yeah, I, I appreciate you you having me here, and I would love to talk to you again. Awesome. awesome. So now it's our time for shameless plugs. Yeah. Uh, MarketingEssentialsTeam.com is where you can get a wealth of information. You can sign up uh, for our email list. You right. can uh, see the podcast. Contact us directly. Contact us directly. You can see the uh, podcast directly on there also. Mm-hmm. Also, you can get the podcast through iTunes. Subscribe there and uh, you'll get a notification on your, like me, I get it on my phone telling me when the latest podcast is up. So. Right. Which well, you're my, using the first person to because you edit the podcast. Well, I am, but I'm just so. trying to explain that that's how it works, smart Alex. Do you have but to act surprised when you get that email? Like, oh, hey. oh my gosh, another one broke. No, no. <laughs> wow. All kidding aside, um, it is it is a great way to uh, to keep track of what we're doing. Uh, right. we're, we're breaking podcasts every Wednesday now, mm-hmm. so we're doing once a week, which is great. Yep. And if you're a small business and you have an interest in marketing, especially marketing your own business or just marketing in general, uh, you definitely want to become part of the Little Roadie Marketing Support Group, uh, which is a private Facebook group. You can uh, find us on Facebook. Just put Little Roadie Marketing Support Group in the search, and we'll come right up. And you to get past uh, Alicia, our gatekeeper, though. Right, you have to get past Alicia. Um, you know, strict uh, vetting process to get into the group. I have two questions. <laughs> are, are you breathing? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but on a similar note, as to Ashley was saying, you know, our goal is to help local businesses, and yes. we are lucky that we have um, a whole group of people in this Facebook. Um, this Facebook marketing group that are willing to share information, whether it be other local business owners and other local professionals and marketers who want to share advice and tips with you. So please join the group if you get a chance and find us online. And that'll be it for today, right? Yeah, until next time. Thank you again, Ashley, for joining us. And have a great day, everybody.